ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, what is happening in the middle of October here on a Friday? We've got ourselves some high school football. We've got a big, big Jags game on Sunday up in Indianapolis. We'll be there, of course. And we've got a huge Florida State game against Clemson. Coming up tomorrow night to save a three-game losing streak. Actually, the Jags and Knowles both trying to avoid a three-game losing streak and salvage a pretty good start to the season instead. And uh, big games for both. And then, of course, we got a full slate of college football, high school football, and the NFL, which started last night. Brent Martineau here at Andrew Jackson High School. We're on Main Street. They called it at times the nightmare on Main Street when they were good years ago under our coach Kevin Sullivan. That's our analyst, our Hall of Fame guy who joins us on the Blitz Scoreboard Show. will join us at 5 o'clock as well uh, each and every Friday. Coach Sully is here. Well, I made sure I set up the shot today. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, the showcase that this is Kevin Sullivan Field here at Andrew Jackson High School. Brent Martineau here at our game of the week. Longest running rivalry in the city. How about that? Did you know Lee and Jackson, now Riverside and Jackson, goes all the way back to the mid to late 1920s, and that's our game of the week tonight. We have some huge games in the area in week eight of the high school football season. Brent Martineau. On the back of the GMC Sierra, of course, Friday's presented by Nimnik Buick GMC and Baker Sports as well. And back in the Action Sports Shack studios, it's Aaron Schachter. It's Casey Kurtz, I think. I've talked to Casey. I haven't seen Aaron. What's up, fellas? What's going on, buddy? Hey, not much. Howdy. Uh, been a good day. I knew you were there, Casey. You've been there in the dark since 1 o'clock. Has Coos left now? You done talking to Coos? <laughs> all right. First of all, Brent, watch your mouth. I've been here since 8.30, right? I have other responsibilities in this Facts. building. So you don't sell me, don't sell me short. And At 8.30? Justin Kuzar just left. We were uh, full transparency to the listener. We were talking mad smack about Brent once. He walked in. We were a little surprised, so we stopped talking. <laughs> he left to heat up his nasty food. So we continued the conversation. He came back. We closed it again and then left. So I was like, oh, we're in the clear. Then we went on to Aaron Schachter, and he showed up. Yeah. So a lot of smack talking that never fully got done talked about because you guys kept showing up. Well, thankfully, us. you guys are brave and do it behind everybody's backs. Yeah, that's our, that's our, that's our goal. By the way, which I think is fully healthy. Yeah, that's, it's viewed as a bad thing. I think I'm with you. I think it's fully healthy to talk about, like, especially people you work with. or Oh, yeah, for you know, multiple like, reasons. Yeah, you don't want to spread rumors about people. Uh, or You kind of do sometimes. You do well, sometimes. that happens, too. But I'm saying, Well, like, I'm hoping this one gets around that we were talking about. Like, hey, it's okay down in the sports office if uh, Marcel and Stewart are talking about Brent being a lunatic. <laughs> like, that's okay. Like, get it out. It's all right. Like, they're probably right. Well, look, I, like, told, you, I told you from way back in the day, nothing makes me happier than a good toxic workplace <laughs> and i do love it yeah well i mean listen we don't have it doesn't i think it helps avoid toxic workplaces when you can at least air it out a little bit get it off your chest because it probably isn't as big a deal as you think it is you know um but Casey, you can make is it, it as big a bigger deal, deal or no festers what pretty big deal yeah it's a big deal case yeah we want to get some of our frustration <laughs> voice why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you bring it to the air buddy go ahead no nah, that's okay 
That's all right. I'll be like, oh, really? Oh. Although Justin will be back at about 545, so you guys better strap in for that one. Oh, boy. Oh, is he coming by? No, it's a joke. No, uh, that's fine. Uh, let's, let's, let's have it happen. Uh, speaking of Justin, Kuz told me something. Kuz, if you don't know, folks, if you just jumped in in the last, like, year and change, Kuz was the producer of this show. Uh, helped us launch this thing for the first, like, two and a half years amidst this myriad of other jobs like everybody else at the radio station. Brent, did you fire Coos at the same time as you fired Austin, or was it a <laughs> no, separate time? Just a I fired Coos before Got I it. fired Austin. Got it. Okay. So, yes, uh, and he still comes back and visits from time to time. But he does, uh, obviously, 95.1. Only when he thinks you're not here. Like everyone else who leaves ESPN 690, he, too, does more with WAPE 95.1. By the way, Brian, I have trend. something to tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, hey, listen. You know what I like about Aaron? If he leaves, he's just staying at 96.9 <laughs> That's That's what I like about him. I don't know where the hell you're going, Casey. Yeah. But I know at least we got Aaron going somewhere different. <laughs> but uh, so that helps. So Coos tells us this thing, and Casey and I, I don't think can believe it. He says... That, like, he has, every time I tweet, he has notification alert from me. Yes. He gets pushes. I mean, you are out of your mind if you do that. Did I ever tell you guys the the, the Coos email text story? Because that gives you an idea of, of how this wouldn't bother him. Real quick, basically, we have this work email account, and it's got an option do we? to text you every time you get a work email. And somehow he turned that on when he was like a rookie, a part-timer, an intern. And then he didn't know how to turn it off. So rather than ask somebody or like chase down IT or call up somebody after the 3,000th text, because I'm telling you, man, especially in radio and in music radio, you're getting a ton of emails every day from like record labels and like spam emails, automated stuff, and then coworkers. He was getting a text for every single one of them. He only turned it off like three or four months ago. He's been working here like a decade. That is crazy. It's insane. Just, you can get that many notifications and do that and be okay with it. And he's not bothered but by it. I was in good company, though, wasn't I, Casey? Come on. You can tell him. <laughs> what's happening? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You're in good company in, of what? What's that? You're in good company of what? I don't know what's happening. I was in good company with Kuz and his notifications. I mean, if you just misfired on the story, who else did he name that he gets notifications from? Oh, I see. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember. You don't remember? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. See, Kuz is a big big basketball guy. Oh, so it's basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically Woj and me who he gets notifications <laughs> from. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Casey doesn't even want He never wants to give you some flowers around I here. Forgot. Never. I forgot. Never. I forgot. Yeah, How do you forget s- that part of the story? It was the best part of the story. No, <laughs> pat yourself on the back a little harder. You might fall off the truck. I, I could fall off the truck without patting probably, but well, I might do it We're still waiting anyway. for it. Please, at least do it when we're not in commercial. <laughs> Gosh, uh, hey, Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends, including Justin. It's a hostile show today. It's, I love it. It's a Friday. Hostile Friday. <laughs> Wake right? up and show's violence. I don't know what to tell y'all. I like that well, as a listen, theme. Yeah. Hey, if Casey gets up at 8.30 in the morning and is already at work, there's a good chance it's going to be a hostile day. Fair. My Forget brother, I got day. up at 7.45. <laughs> We're going to be fighting by 4.30. No, no, I mean, promises, whatever. I'm out of it. God bless Brian Middleton at 6 o'clock on overtime <laughs> uh, with Kurtz and Middleton. God bless us later at the night on the Blitz Scoreboard Show with Casey. Hey, uh, some injury news coming out. The big news for the Jags here. Um, and, well, not really the Jags yet, more so for Indianapolis. I don't think I've seen the Jags come down yet. I'll check uh, my email in a moment. But Quiddy Pay and Shaq Leonard 
out this week. Pretty mm. significant, Casey, for the Indianapolis Colts, who continue to wrestle with injuries. They already have them on the offensive line. There's, you know, they've had to makeshift that at times. Looks like guys like Ryan Kelly, Jonathan Taylor, um, I guess will go. I haven't been ruled out. Uh, but still, it, even those guys don't appear to be 100% ready to go for this football game. Uh, the Jags get, I would say, at least a banged-up Indianapolis Colts team, if not an undermanned Colts team on that defensive side. Yeah, I would agree. Quiddy Pay is really underrated player. He's 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 good for them. So I think that's going to be a help. And Shaq Leonard, has he played all year? Well, he did. He came back. So he has back surgery, right? Shaq Leonard misses the Jags game, misses a few. Remember, they were like, uh, he he was um, it was up to him basically when he wanted to come back. Well, he comes back. I think it was I think it was last Thursday night was his mm-hmm. debut. Maybe it was the previous Sunday. I can't remember now. But and he got a concussion. Ah. And he, I mean, he got, you know, for go back and look at that hit. Like, look up that hit that he took for a guy that was coming off back surgery. Check out the hit he takes. I think it's right at the goal line. And, I mean, it's like, wow. You know, if you're coming off back surgery and you're delayed in getting your season going, and then you come back in like a quarter later, or, or maybe it was a little longer than that, boom. A big-time concussion, which made your back hurt more than your head and neck. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, he might be out for a more significant time. And now everybody with concussions, of course, in the NFL, they're not rushing back. No. I mean, the way the NFL is going to be super careful with this. Naheem Hines, did you see him get up from the concussion last I did, week? I did see that, yeah. Like, that was ugly. Like, when again, and by the way, the NFL, I think, has to worry about that. And that's what we said about Tua going back a, a few weeks. If it looks the way it looks, I don't care what the testing says. From an optic point of view, from a safety point of view, from a, here we are at a high school game, kids playing the game and parents wanting your kids to play the game point of view and watching the NFL with all the eyeballs on it. I think optics do matter. When a guy is stumbling, you know, to get to his feet after a hit or a collision, that guy shouldn't be back in the lineup not only five days later, probably not seven days later, and it might be better to even keep him out for 14 days plus just to make sure and err on the side of caution. And I think that's what woke the NFL up with the Tua stuff, and they're going to take it to extremes now. But, hey, when you're dealing with a head injury, guys, I'm not sure you can take it to too much of an extreme. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you got a lot of people like, oh, these are grown men. They should be able to make their own decision on when they play and how they're feeling, and I understand the point of view, I don't necessarily agree with it, especially because if you're going to hold the NFL accountable for these medical bills on the other side of the employment, you got to allow them to have a say on whether you're going to get in the game on the front side of the employment. Well, guys, I I think it's the most... I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I just think it's a bad take. A bad take. And I said this to even our buddy Clay Harbor, and I know where he's coming from because he's a player. So, like, I want to have respect to the players especially. But people that say these guys are grown men and should be able to make the decision, they just got knocked into next week. Like, what kind of decision are you supposed to make, first of all, with any clarity? What NFL player that's cashing a big paycheck on a Sunday is thinking about 10 years down the road? None. Yep. Also, you have to – like, the, the last part of this is there's a toughness involved in this game. And whether you play it at a Pop Warner level, a high school level, a collegiate level, or an NFL level, getting back up and getting into a game and playing hurt, whether it's an ankle, a concussion, a shoulder, is part of the deal. And it's part of like, hey, I'm tough. 
I'm I'm going to do everything I can. I, that's my loyalty card to you. That's that's my teammate card to you. I'm going to do that. You have to protect people and players from that. There is listen in baseball. If you get hurt, you want to get back in and play as quick as you can. In basketball, same deal. But hockey. In, in hockey, well, hockey. They don't even, even come out in hockey. Hockey's probably more like football in that sense, where it's like toughness matters. Come on, basketball and baseball, toughness doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, it, it, like, from a teammate perspective, you're not sitting there and saying, "Man, that Michael Jordan, he was tough." No, he was freaking awesome. Yeah, that's what he was, right? LeBron James is a physical specimen. Is he play? Does he play through some things? Probably, but he also doesn't play through some things. I mean, these guys take, they take, uh, what do they call them? Veteran uh, days? Yeah. What, what do they what do they call load that? management? Load management. Yeah. I mean, there's load management in baseball and basketball because of the length of the seasons. They don't do load management in hockey, even though it's the same amount of a basketball season. Not even a little bit. You know. So, like, that's my point. You have to. Those are the three factors. One, there's no clarity. Two, there's no thinking about down the road when I'm 35, 45, 55 years old. You have to do that for them. And then lastly, you know they're going to be like, I'm tough, I'm good, let's go. Like, that's where they start from. To get Nobody sits there and be like, oh, I don't want to play. <laughs> like, who says that? Not in the NFL. Yeah, I think, I, like, I, again, I understand your point, and I think you're making valid points, but I think me and you depart where the friction happens, which is, as a grown person, in this case, these grown football players, these grown men, if they decide they want to play and risk further injury... There's a part of me that does believe that should be up to them, but also I don't think anyone should be liable for that aside from them. I don't think we can be responsible for for them not thinking about their future. I do think we could be responsible for setting an example, certainly for, for kids. So when it comes to high school or college, that this isn't a conversation. And certainly we have much more control over the players at high school and college level because they're they're not old enough to make those decisions legally, but... You know, as a 32-year-old man who goes, hey, my earning years are literally from 21 to, to 35 or whatever whatever position you're playing. You know, obviously it changes per position. I kind of feel like you can't tell them, hey, you can't play today or for the next six weeks or three months or a year because we don't think you're ready yet. You just got to sit and, and wait on it. I, to me, again, that doesn't seem fair. But what you don't want is someone with Swiss cheese brain, right? Yeah. Like, Poor two, it couldn't walk straight. Yeah, you don't want that. And also, there was a time just a couple years ago, guys, and I don't know if you feel as strongly as this, but but I, I mean, I cover high school a lot. I cover colleges and, and the NFL. We cover all the levels of it. And, and you know, we hear a lot of stories, and you also, uh, we covered a lot of concussions over the last decade. This has been a prevalent story oh, yeah. in our world, right, from a newsy kind of standpoint. Not necessarily on radio, but on the TV side of things. So, I, I can tell you, I thought five years ago, the NFL was starting to lose people. The NFL was losing kids from their sport. I mean, they Moms lost my and kid. dads. Yeah, I, Moms I and dads were like, no way. I'm not doing this. And at the very least, they were like, you're not playing until high school. And some are still like that. And that's not a bad way to go. And I think even guys that played the game were like, yeah, we're not going to play right away. Or we're going to play flag football, and then we'll get into Like, that was, I think we were starting to see this dip that made us question Hey, where's this thing in 10 years? I think it's still happening. I mean, me and my wife had this conversation two years ago when we started looking at sports. We were looking at baseball, and 
We talked about flag football, and my concern was he was going to love football so much it was going to be hard to talk him out of padded football. We want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do. I love football. I want my son to have nothing to do with it. But the more stories that you get from the junior sales, which is extreme, of course, but yep. sad, too, and other guys that maybe uh, have, there's violence or, or whatever, and they blame it or think it could contribute or whatever, you're going to get those examples make, getting headlines. And therefore, it hurts the impact, the growth of your game, potentially, uh, from a safety standpoint. And so that's why I think uh, the... I think the optics do matter. You can't just let these guys. Like, I get what you're saying, but I'll give you one more example. Even in a, a boxing match, and I think this happens in MMA. I'm not sure, Casey. I'm not, I don't know if I've ever seen it. But you can throw the towel in for yes. your guy that won't give up. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and I guess that's what I'm saying. Somebody should have thrown the towel in for Tua that week, and, and nobody did. And now the NFL is going to err on the side of caution, and towels are being thrown in a lot more and probably on a conservative basis. And while that, from a player's standpoint, is like, here we go, we're going overboard now, you know what? When it comes to the head, the brain, if there's one area to go overboard about, that might be it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And so I don't know how we got here. All because of a concussion report, I guess, for Nike Mines and, and uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. But I just do think we're going to see. I mean, aren't you guys a little surprised like Teddy Bridgewater? Like, they're not even sure that was a concussion, right? Last week with Teddy Bridgewater? That was the eye in the sky, Casey, I think. Yes, it was. Correct. And then I was a little surprised he's not playing this week. But doesn't isn't that like a pro- – obviously, it's in Miami, so you got all that. I, I really think that has a lot more to do with it than the actual injury itself. Probably. Probably. Uh, because I think McDaniel said, even like Monday, he wasn't showing concussion symptoms. Yeah. So, again, that's a little bit probably because it's close to home. And, hey, guess what? Like, Miami's probably like, what the heck? Are we going to be able to ever play our guys? <laughs> well, you know what? You kind of made your bed. You screwed it up. Yeah, you did. You really did. And so did the NFL, though. I mean, again, the NFL should have called <laughs> that night. And they should never have let them play. In that game, they should. The NFL PA should have never let them. But play. like from the NFL standpoint, from the front office of the NFL standpoint, you know that's an organization that has team doctors that has been through concussion protocol before, and you just assume, you hope, they're acting on the 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 on the on the on the. I don't even know how to say it on their best what moral ethics. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Like if I'm the front office of the NFL, I'm trusting in my organizations that are in my league. But then you see what happens and you go, all right, maybe not so much. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of injury reports, uh, I got Fadakasi, Hamilton, Devon Hamilton, Marvin Jones Jr. added to uh, the list today with a hamstring. So, guess, keep an eye on that. Uh, Zay Jones and Foyer Aluakim, all questionable for the Jags. So nobody has been ruled out. I think the one to watch now, I don't know much about Marvin Jones. I think the one to watch continues to be Fadakasi. Are they going to bring him back if he's almost there, or are they going to let it go another week? And pretty significant in the run game, right? Uh, Corey Peters, they've, they've signed to the active roster. Uh, that might be an indication that they, it might be a little longer for Fadakasi. But you got Jonathan Taylor, who likely is to go. I, I would assume most people are thinking that way right now since he practiced the last two days. And so Fadakasi, I think, is the one to keep an eye on, although you know, it's pretty wild that the Jags have actually, if you look at Zay Jones, he got hurt in practice. If you look, now Marvin Jones, the hamstring shows up. I think Aluakin 
might have been a practice injury, too, unless that was coming out of the game uh, and we just didn't see it. That's a possibility. Uh, I definitely thought Akasi was in the game, but the Jags are actually getting banged up a little bit on the practice field when it comes to some of these soft tissue injuries. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday I saw a stat that uh, it was war, injury war, or, or specific to injuries to the team. And okay. Jags were in last place in the league, meaning they were one of the healthier teams in the entire league that had been least affected by injuries thus far. That is no doubt, right? And and while I don't attribute two wins to the Jags, that's not fair to do that. They played really well in those games. They certainly took advantage of the opportunity when the other team was undermanned. Yeah. Philadelphia did not. Philadelphia was actually, I think, healthier than the Jags because the Jags missed Zay Jones that game. So they didn't have him. So that was more significant injury, I think, than anybody even Philadelphia had out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the last week, uh, Houston, I think, was pretty healthy, and the Jags lose Fadakasi, obviously. And this week, it goes back the other way. The Jags, I think, are going to get most guys back. Let's just say Fadakasi doesn't play. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor, who's banged up. Ryan Kelly, who's banged up. You have no Shaq Leonard. Uh, and you know Quiddy Pay. The Jags have an advantage, guys, here in the injury report, and that's where they've got to take advantage. Quite frankly, I think the Jags are already better than the Colts. Like, I think up and down their lineup, the way they've played this year, they're a better football team. But on top of it, they might have the advantage from an injury standpoint. So, Aaron, to your, your point, when you see that stat, I'm not sure that holds for 17 games. Yeah, so it's just so unlikely, that, right? When you have that advantage, you got to pounce. The Jags did that week two and three, and I think uh, I think they need to do it again. Real quick before we head to break, do you guys agree with me there? The Jags, like, up and down their roster, even coming off two losses, don't you feel like they're the better football team? Yes. Completely, 100% yes. Yes. And I'm trying to think of, like, even the running game where you would give this huge edge usually to Taylor. Normally, yeah. Or even or Matt the offensive Ryan. line. Or, yeah, or even Matt Ryan, where you would give this huge edge to Matt Ryan over a Trevor Lawrence who struggled the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't see it. I still got more faith in Trevor Lawrence than Matt Ryan right now. I would agree with that. I don't yeah. have any faith in Matt Ryan, even though yeah. I thought I would. I have I, I'll tell you the strength of the Colts right now is their defense, which is, which is interesting because the story coming out of the Jags game was the Jags carved them up, which they kind of did. But overall in five games, the best attribute for the Indianapolis Colts has been their defense, especially their run defense. Let's take a break, Brent, friends, on ESPN 690. We are on Main Street, Andrew Jackson High School. It's our game of the week. We've got Riverside against Andrew Jackson. It's senior night here for the Tigers. Uh, the band, the cheerleaders, the football players will be celebrated. Jackson's really good now, 5-1. and one. Uh, They are on a winning streak. They're rested. They got a bye last week after a long road early in the season. And uh, it'll be Jackson against Riverside. And we'll have it all for you tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show at 9 o'clock. And then, of course, the Friday Night Blitz, 1030 on Fox 30. We'll be back on Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. More football talk, college football as well, on the way. Friends back on ESPN 690. My name is Aaron Schachter. With me, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the GMC Sierra owner, Brent Martineau, hanging out at Andrew Jackson High School on the back of the tailgate. 
calf muscles in tow. Brenna, I see your calf muscles on the stream if anyone wants to be amazed and dazzled. They're not that amazing. Should I flex? It looks like you are. You're not flexing right now? No, that's not What are you doing? Why are you gassing him up like this? I'm oogling him. We just, you know, we just signed a code of conduct here at Cox Media Group. I'm breaking it in all kinds of ways right now. More ways than one. We're about to He hates Brent Love. He hates it. I love that about Casey, too. Aaron. I'll give. I'll keep that check coming, baby. Come on. Yeah, keep commenting on his legs. Keep it up. All right, that's what the people want. More leg comments from Brent Martineau and his decently sized calves. That gruff, grouchy man with the uh, rosy disposition. That's Casey Kurtz <laughs> behind the glass, pressing the buttons. <laughs> glass. That's where we got to keep him behind the glass. Caged up. <laughs> you know it. You know but it. But guys, I am happy to bring a guest to the uh, to the program today. A uh, man who writes for the Athletic, the esteemed Athletic. He uh, focuses on sports betting and projection models. I'm talking, of course, about Austin Mock. Austin, welcome to Brent and Friends, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys giving me the time and uh, excited to talk a little football with you guys. Of course, of course. Well, the reason I reached out to you in the first place is because you hit on a theme that we have been discussing earlier this week. And that was about how in college football, it seems like there's the big three right now and everybody else. Matter of fact, it was like a month ago. Brent was actually making the point. He's like, you should really have, at the time, it was Georgia. Georgia, then Alabama, then an empty space, then Ohio State, and then nine more empty spaces before you list another school. And then you come out with this piece earlier this week talking about the college football playoffs and how your model saw the probabilities of the college football playoffs. And it was pretty much mirroring that same sentiment, wasn't it? Yeah, I I am pretty high on all of those teams, and... You know, you were talking about like the nine spots before anybody else should even be discussed. And nobody's really taken, you know, taken their game to the next level to even like kind of put themselves in the conversation as a maybe. Like Clemson's not been there. Michigan has not been there. And then, you know, you're getting into the like Penn State, Ole Miss, TCU, UCLA. You know, nobody is proven outside of those top three. And, you know, even the top three haven't even – they've had all moments where they looked questionable at times. So it could be even further, I think, but definitely a big three right now. It's interesting to me because as of late, we have seen Clemson really start to put it together a little bit consistently. Michigan certainly has been consistent throughout most of the season, not in a dominant way that you see a Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama, but they're certainly in that conversation for the Final Four. And then out of nowhere, here comes Tennessee – looking like a real force in college football. Do you see any of those, or does the model, I should say, does the model see any of those trends continuing to make these teams a significant factor as they get towards the playoffs, or is, have, have you never really seen it lay out like this with the big three before? Yeah, I mean, there's always been a, a big number. I think last year was like the big five because uh, Oklahoma was included at the beginning of the year. And this. I, I don't think we've seen like a big three, a small number like this happen um, like you said, so early in the season, it was like week three. We were like, okay, it's three teams and everybody else. Um, Tennessee is definitely one that that's interesting to me. Obviously, you know, Bryce Young's health tomorrow in their matchup against Alabama is, is pretty big. If they win that, you know, obviously, even with their, if they have to play Georgia later, a loss there, they, they're still alive because they could very well go 11 and one. Uh, but, you know, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, they're all there, you know, but Clemson, the offense, I still have questions about. And, and in college football, the teams that, that struggle to put points on the board are, are the ones that are prone to, to losses that shouldn't happen. And that's why we see the dominance that Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama show because their offenses almost never uh, fall asleep. So um, 
Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson are probably my three, you know, that I, I think have the highest ceiling. My power ratings like them a lot, but, you know, Tennessee's schedule is brutal, and, and, you know, Michigan isn't exactly easy either. Clemson's definitely, you know, the one that I think has the easiest path there. <clears throat> now, Brent, before the season started, man, we were talking a lot about USC maybe sneaking in there in terms of a Final Four or has a shot at the championship. We actually also had a conversation about uh, who from the, would you take the field or the three? Do you think your opinions changed in the last couple of weeks based on what you're seeing? You talking about uh, yeah, I'm talking to Brent for a second. Yeah, yeah well, okay. Yeah, I, I, listen, I don't think, um, I would probably take the field because the money was good. It was like plus 550, so yeah. what the hell, right? Right, right, right? That's what I would do because it was pretty decent when you could, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Bryce Young? Who knows what's going to happen with even a Stetson Bennett? And they've been a little leaky the last couple of weeks when I thought they were dominant. I went on a rant, Austin, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, after the first three weeks of the season where I said it should be number one Georgia and it shouldn't be another ranked team until number 10. Like, that's how much separation I thought there was between everybody. Well, Georgia's come back to the field a little bit. Everybody always loves Alabama because they're Alabama, and I still don't think they've really played great, and some of that because of Bryce Young. Uh, but I do think, uh, to the point Aaron just made, the Clemsons of the world have turned it up a notch. Like, there's a little more believability now in Clemson. And then I was going to bring up USC. USC, maybe because of their path, uh, I was a little surprised they didn't have a higher percentage in your models of potentially getting into that Final Four, finding their rhythm with Lincoln Riley and making something happen. Yeah, USC's tough um, just because of all the transfers and, and, you know, new coach. It's it's kind of an unprecedented uh, case that they went through over the last year. So um, I, I, I don't have full confidence my model had them at like uh what's it eight percent to make the playoffs which i think admittedly is low but you know the model you know I, i'm not gonna like uh, adjust them up a ton because they've had some games that they haven't looked all that inspiring you know oregon state a couple weeks ago they only scored 17 points and for a team that is supposed to have you know the offense wasn't where the question mark was it was on the defense so um We'll see. They have they have a stretch. The game against Utah tomorrow. If, if they win that on the road, I think my model's definitely going to see them as, you know, the preseason projections start to, to wane off a lot more as we get deeper into the season. And a, and a good win against a Utah team on the road, I think uh, they'll jump up. And with the path, like you mentioned, not a lot of – not any difficult games until they play UCLA and Notre Dame to end the season. They could easily be 10-0 and, uh, and, and a favorite to make the playoffs. <clears throat> Sounds like the cat agrees with you, Austin. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Florida State's got a big game this weekend. We're Florida State flagship over here at ESPN 690 going up against Clemson. What does your model think about that game this weekend? Do you think FSU's got any shot whatsoever? Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a lean towards Clemson with the numbers, but, you know, it, it's nothing that it would not shock me at all if Florida State won. Again, I'm still not a full believer in this Clemson offense. You know, I know they won handily against BC last week, but that game was 10-3 at halftime. Um, I, you know, that we've seen Clemson do this so far this year. I don't know, you know, if, if the offense is something you want to, you know, buy stock in right now. And Florida State, you know, the Wake Forest game, they were kind of there at the end, and, you know, they should have won last week, you know, against NC State. Uh, just didn't pull through. I, I, I think they're a good team. I think think the ceiling is is i guess getting higher as you know norvell's tenure goes on whether it lasts i don't know uh but i would not be shocked by by clemson or yeah an upset here by florida state uh, i make this game about five 
four and a half in that range. So easily uh, Florida State could pull this off if Clemson does not uh, have a good game offensively on the road. Hey, Austin, talk to me about this one because I have said all week, at least on a different show that's on the station, it's a good one. You should check it out. It's called Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton. Uh, Shameless plug. But uh, I've been saying all week that Tennessee is going to beat Alabama. Can you help me out with that one a little bit? <laughs> Can you help me yeah, out? With you know, that sometimes one? I just need some, some like some help <laughs> to talk me into a hug? point. I yeah. feel good Can about it. Yeah. But Can, Can you talk me into wasting a hundred dollars on a bet on this game? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, Austin. Do something for me here. Are you Are you saying that with Bryce Young in? Like, are, are you confident that Tennessee can do it with Bryce Young playing? No, I'd be be- I feel better if he didn't play. But, like, yes, I still feel I still feel strongly. I feel okay. at least somewhat about it. Uh, either way, Tennessee wins. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's tough because I don't know. You know, Bryce Young, we don't even know if he's going to play yet. We're not going to know basically until – I think they announced him as the starter last week. So we really aren't going to know until basically kickoff tomorrow. Um, if he's in, it, it's really hard for me to see Tennessee – pulling it off i mean they have the offense don't get me wrong they're explosive and they can score bama's defense looks fantastic i think they're one of the more underrated like units because bryce young you know heisman you know last year the offense has been kind of the focal point bama's defense is really good i think they can slow down tennessee that being said if tennessee can move the ball then i think it's going to be you know a shootout and i think that kind of benefits tennessee because i think their offense I don't think their offense is necessarily better, but I do think they're more consistent. I think Alabama has a very wide range. Definitely when you throw in the Bryce Young, you know, might not be 100% type of uh, aspect into this game. Uh, but if Milrow goes, I think uh, Tennessee's live. I, 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 I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I don't, I, I'm not going to say that they should, Tennessee will be favored in the game, but uh, I'll be more on your side if uh, Bryce Young's not able to go tomorrow. So bet on it now. I got you, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Get the early numbers. I got one more game in the college ranks. I got my eye on uh, big time this weekend. Obviously, it's the uh, Penn State Michigan game. Any insight from the model on that game? Where, where is it leaning? Uh, not much from the, I make it about seven right on where the market is. Uh, both teams, I think it's like a sneaky over game. I think there could be some points. Uh, both offenses can be explosive at times. Um, Penn State's offensive line looks uh, improved. That's been their Achilles heel for the last handful of years now. Uh, but both teams, I know they're going to run the ball a ton. That's why we're seeing the total, you know, in the, you know, right around 50. Uh, but I think we could see some points. Both defenses haven't, uh, haven't always they, – they've been giving up some yards here and there. You know, there haven't been consistent dominance that we're, we've expected out of these defenses the last few years. But uh, it's one of those games where if it was like 7.5, I'd probably lean uh, Penn State. And then if it was 6.5, I, I'd, I'd be leaning Michigan. But right now, from a spread standpoint, I'm not uh, – I'm right on market, so not much uh, action there for me. <clears throat> All right. So let's pivot a little bit to the uh, NFL real quick before uh, – we end the segment and let you go because I'm curious to see what the model says about this Jags Colts game. Obviously we talk a lot of Jags on this radio station. We'd like to believe this will be one of the easier games, but we know how the NFL works, right? And the Jags had already won one this uh, season. And so uh, conventional wisdom say a lot of times in division games, you end up splitting with a rival. Uh, Where's the model uh, looking at uh, for this spread? Where's the model leaning for the spread that is already pretty low? 
Yeah, it's it's tough. I'm, again, right around market, Indy just ruled out Shaq Leonard. That's a, a pretty big uh, loss for them on defense because that's really the only thing that they've done well so far this year, uh, as everybody knows, after their uh, Thursday night performance and basically every one of their games. <laughs> performance so is a really nice way to put it, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's it. I, I guess subjectively, I lean Jacksonville. You know, it, it, the line's around two right now. I'm pretty much right there. Um, I do think Jacksonville's, a, uh, I guess they were a little inflated. I don't know if they are anymore after last week's uh, game against Houston, but I thought their wins against the Colts because the Colts were down their top two wide receivers and the, the win against the Chargers, they were pretty banged up in both of those games. I thought the Jags were a little uh, little inflated. But, I, you know, this is one of those games where if either team was laying points, I'm not really excited about it either way. Like, I don't know, Indy covering any number is scary because they could get shut out again. Uh, but the Jags, you know, they've had some up and downs. That's what you get with a, a rookie quarterback under his second, you know, coaching staff. Uh, so either way, this I, subjectively, I want the points with the Jags because I, I just can't lay points with the Colts in, in that offense right now. Brent, if, the over, if the over-under was 74 for Bill's Chiefs, would you take the over still? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what? If it keeps climbing, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think about playing the under. If we all remember that playoff game last year, like, it was going to go under until the last yeah. two minutes had, like, 70 points scored in it itself. <laughs> it's, it, but it's one of those ones, if you play the under, you're sweating until triple zero oh, because yeah. both of those teams are just ridiculous. Because yeah. in, in any quarter, you got Josh Allen could go off for three or four yeah. touchdowns in a quarter. So it could back yeah, Mahomes. It, 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 Right, I was just it, it, it. I mean, the last two minutes of the playoff game last year, like it was just like sixty-yard play back to back to back, and you're just like, well, there goes the under. <laughs> and by the way, Austin, we have a, a member on this show, one Aaron Schachter, who every Thursday night has bet the under, and although it's worked out for him, it sometimes we like out. to make fun of him because we don't bet the under here, Austin. I don't know. Oh, what you're so tough. We just so don't tough. do it. It's just you don't believe do. Austin. Can you believe they wanted me to take the over on the Bears yeah. and Commanders? <laughs> it's 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 tough. I, I would not have been uh, on the over. Of I, I leaned not. a little bit under last night. It's it's tough. And if you could bet negative points, been... you would have bet negative points on that game. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Primetime unders this year have been uh, gold so far. Nobody can score when uh, it's a standalone game, it seems. It's true. <clears throat> it's an NFL problem. By the way, hey, Austin, real quick before we let you go, outside of football, I'm on your Twitter. I'm looking at the baseball stuff that you put out today. By the way, so far, right on par. So, uh, uh, look at that. You know, good call there. Is there to make our fans some money. Yeah, is, is there a model for that one as well, or how does the MLB numbers come up that you had from today? Yeah, I, I, I do model. I don't have, like, a playoff simulation uh, set up. I'm not running that right now, but uh, I, I'm pretty high on the Phillies. Um, Me I like too, their, Austin. Me yeah, too. I like their starting pitching. Their bullpen is scary, like it's always been. Uh, but their starters are good, and I think you know, I, I if if Bryce Harper returns anywhere near his form, I, I think their offense can go toe to toe with anyone. So uh, I think Phils are the most undervalued team in the playoffs right now. Well, if anyone in the uh, six ninety syndicate wants to check out that Twitter feed that Casey was just <laughs> talking about, it's at a mock a m o c k four one nine. And, of course, Austin also writes for The Athletic. Great publication. Love reading your stuff on The Athletic. Once again, at AMOC419 if you're looking for Austin on Twitter. Austin, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Right, speak to you soon. All right. Have a good one. That is Austin Mock from The Athletic. I'm tell are you going to get are you going to get betting advice every day on this show, Eric? I'm trying, man. I want to make some money here. Radio ain't doing it, Brent. I'm doing it. Who you telling? <laughs> <laughs> By the way. I might have taken a 
two field goal prop last Ooh. night and one. Oh, oh! <laughs> Did you take Duck's <laughs> advice? I well, no, I don't. I don't know if I couldn't remember. I just said, you know what? I'm going. I don't even know who the Washington kicker was. I was like, I'm going over one and a half, and it hit. Nice, slide, nice, 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 nice. He go. slide yeah. him right in because literally he almost missed, but. Yeah, he did actually. Right. Yeah. You are right. Oh, you texted us about that last night. He did. Can give him any satisfaction? Okay. I was proud of it. I was proud of it. Cool. Dude hit it by a centimeter. He's like, it was a walk. It's like, no, no, it wasn't. Hey, hey, listen, Matthew Doink right, All right. You can't beat up Matthew. I'm sorry. Fifty-nine yard. What, boy, Joey slide it by like a centimeter from thirty-six. Matthew Wright's the legend. <laughs> like that, we'll we'll like we got to take a break. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Friday's presented by Nimnick Buick GMC and Baker Sports. We're live on Main Street. Andrew Jackson High School began tonight against Riverside, the Generals' longest-running rivalry uh, in the city. And it happens to be our game of the week tonight on the Friday Night Blitz with Action Sports Jackson, the Blitz Scoreboard Show at 9 o'clock. But more of Brent and Friends on ESPN 690 right after this. Forget what we were going to do. Get the stream on. Brent Martino's moving the truck with everything connected or somebody stealing the truck. Oh. Yeah, I thought someone was stealing the truck. I thought oh. Brent went to the bathroom. Oh, it's not as fun. He was planning that. You I got thought- all lit up at the thought that he was going to lose that big GMC I Sierra. I thought huh? something was afoot. <laughs> I th- listen. We're sitting here just having a conversation about, hey, what, what should we talk about coming up here, you know? And uh, boom, the truck starts moving. I well, didn't know what to do. I thought also, it was a disaster moment. We knew that Brent was going to the bathroom. Right, so we thought Brent's missing in action, and there goes the truck. <laughs> the Nimnik Buick GMC just rolling away. You know, some of my favorite, favorite videos on, like, Instagram Reels or TikTok are these videos of cars just kind of rolling down a street. And then you're like, why is this video on social media? And then a second or two later, you see someone running after the car, going to chase it to stop it right. as it rolls into traffic. Oh, it's good stuff. Hey, real life, somebody, uh, I don't even know how this happened, but Amanda's car got backed into because somebody didn't put their car in park. Like, they just got out and it rolled and hit Amanda's car. Well, you know, sometimes, par- uh, you know, you throw it in neutral by accident. Do you? Like, you keep telling me all these things. Like, oh, you know, sometimes you do this. It's like, no, maybe, you don't. You maybe. put it in park because you try to get out of your car that's in anything other than park. It's like, eh, eh, eh. Well, park is real close to reverse in a lot of cars. Maybe. You, no. Uh, no. No. It's the same thing with leaving your work badge at work and you park, can't get in the building. Park, the P, looks kind of looks like the D for drive. Maybe someone is like, uh, needs a better glasses or something. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of some reasons, Dad. None of them are good enough. Okay. But they, they are all Aaron Schachter reasons, <laughs> which is, I guess, the point of the conversation. Anyway, one hour done, two to go. Brent and friends on a Friday. More Jags and Colts. We got high school uh, talk as well coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I lost my train of thought. Aaron Schachter, don't give me that look. But I'll get back on track. That's really all that matters. And we got more of that to do coming up in just a couple minutes. Stick with us. Brent and friends will be right back.